Well, hello, and welcome back to Crucial Conversations. My name is Peter. And I'm Kevin. And it's been a long time since we've done this because Kevin keeps running to the other side of the world to avoid doing this. Yes, flying. Like, well, there Not was no running. running? No. Okay. Lots of flying. Yeah, lots of flying. But either way, you managed to avoid this due to that flying. So we're back. We're happy to be back, I think. Are we happy to be back? We're ecstatic to be back. Ecstatic. Ecstatic. <laughs> that's my that's my Jafar impression. That's about all. That's about that's, as good as it gets right there. Hey, we saw a commercial for the new live action oh, Aladdin. Yes. Yeah, it looks bad. I I've seen commercials, haven't gotten excited yet. I yeah. I really don't know. So we're trying to figure out how to do this again because it's been so long since we've done a podcast episode. We've forgotten everything. Everything. But this is crucial conversations. A a project of Crucial Productions, which you can support. And when you support Crucial Productions, you're per supporting this podcast. You're supporting Anchored in Christ, which is a weekly video blog to help Sunday school teachers and parents teach the upcoming Sunday school lesson. You're supporting the Bible in five. And Kevin's giving me weird looks here. Kevin, it's okay. Technology is not our friend Technology. Today. Okay. You're supporting the Bible in five, which I am happy to announce we recorded Romans and Habakkuk last week, which is awesome. That means hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks, we will be releasing those out to the general public. And you guys get to hear, learn Romans in five minutes. And well, ish, Romans is actually closer to six minutes. Um, but Habakkuk is four minutes and 30 seconds. So we split the difference there and did that one in less than five. So those are going to be released soon. We're very excited about that. However, today, our podcast today, oh, to support that, crucialproductions.org slash give now. Any little bit helps. We appreciate it. Yes, now, not right later. Now, right now. Now, unless you're driving, we don't support giving and driving. Give That's later. Yeah, give later if you're driving while listening Click to a podcast. The give now button to give later. <laughs> so we had a listener question come in today on salvation. And this is actually this episode we've decided is actually going to be part two. You can go back to I think it was episode 24, 25, titled Two Words. That is our episode on law and gospel. Two words is the title of the episode. Um, this isn't written, so it can be hard to understand. So that's that consider that to be part one of what is law and gospel? How do we properly distinguish between the two? How do we talk about this whole thing? Today's question is actually an excellent question on the application of law and gospel. How, what does this actually look like in the life of an individual when we are applying law and gospel to somebody? So, Kevin, shall I go ahead and uh, read our, our go question? For it. Okay. <laughs> so, Joshua asks this Can someone lose their salvation? So we affirm, we being Lutherans, that a person can lose their salvation. However, in one of our LCMS documents, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, that's the church body Kevin and I are both a part of, it states that believers have eternal assurance. This seems like a contradiction. If you could shed some light on why this is not a contradiction, I would appreciate it. Well, I don't know if we'll shed light on why it's not a contradiction, but we will shed light on this very clear tension where we can say at one time that you can lose your salvation, but at the same time we can say you have eternal assurance that you are indeed saved. Kevin, where do we start with this question? I'm hoping you say Jesus. 
I'm not going to say Jesus. <laughs> but you're like really far from your microphone. Nobody's going to hear you at all. You're doing that on purpose, aren't you? I am. <laughs> the The place we start with any discussion about salvation is actually the question of where do you look for salvation? And this is, this is really an important thing. Um, we're going to kind of assume that this conversation is between people who don't believe in works-based salvation, because that's a whole other issue to deal with. Sure. Um, Where the idea is you have to do something in order to earn your salvation, whatever that thing is. So we're going to kind of assume this conversation is between Protestants, meaning people who belong to churches that have affirmed the Reformation teaching of grace, Mm -hmm. right? Salvation by grace through faith. So the, the issue is that that Lutherans have always accepted and confessed the, the doctrine that um, we can lose our salvation. Other Christians who also affirm salvation by grace through faith have affirmed the idea that once you are saved, you cannot be unsaved. Once saved, always saved is the common shorthand for that view. Or the perseverance of the saints. Sure, yeah, um, another way. So, so the issue, as, as we begin the conversation, is to reaffirm the reality of how we are saved. Mm-hmm. And this might seem pedantic, but it's very important for all theological discussions to do this, is to make sure we're talking the same language about what it means to be saved, how we are saved, and what are we talking about when we're talking about having or losing salvation, mm-hmm. um, assurance of salvation, um, all these issues. We've got to kind of get to what do we mean by these words before we can even discuss whether or not this is a biblical idea. Well, you, you said it's, it sounds pedantic, but I think it's important because as somebody who's been involved in these discussions in the past, if you aren't careful with your laying out your presuppositions beforehand— usually the conversation just ends up being sniping at each other at straw man arguments, false arguments of what you... Well, basically you're accusing the other person of believing something that they don't actually believe without trying to legitimately, realistically understand what is their actual position. So I appreciate how you said we have to start by assuming that we are all on the same page in terms of salvation by grace through faith that we are confessing that and it's within that context that we're discussing, okay, now what does that actually look like? How does that work itself out? Because I think that's where this question then comes is, okay, yeah, we all say salvation by grace and yet we seem to be acting differently on the other side of that uh, presupposition, if you will. So I don't think it's pedantic to (laughs) make sure we're very careful about what are you actually saying? What do you actually believe? I know for myself, what I end up doing is arguing against what I'm afraid the other person believes where, or, or that they might be afraid that I believe. And rather than dealing directly with what are we actually saying? What do we actually believe? We're dealing with suppressed binary opposites. That's, that's a, phrase Kevin and I like to use. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> this thing that it, nobody's said it. I haven't said it out loud as this is my issue. But when I'm arguing, that's the issue in my mind that I'm arguing against. And it may or may not directly relate to what you have actually said or what you've actually confessed. 
Uh-huh. All right. What do you uh-huh. think of that, Kevin? Yeah, I think that's important. So I think I think what we have to get to is in order to get to make sure that we're arguing the right things is to establish how we're saved. And really, the brilliance of Lutheran theology is not, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this out loud, but <laughs> it's not the news that you don't have to do anything to be saved. That's not actually the gospel. I mean, so many times people say, oh, the good news is you don't have to do anything to be saved. It's like, well... Yeah, that, I, that can't be the gospel because that's about me. Right, and, and that <laughs> really isn't good news. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know that even that means... Right. Mm-hmm. So the actual good news is not what I don't do, but it's what God has done. has done. Yeah. And the incredible good news is not just what God has done, but the fact that God has done it for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the content of the gospel is that Jesus Christ is the very Son of God in flesh right? Mm -hmm. Who lives a perfect life, perfect obedience, active and passive obedience. And all of that culminates on the death and in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And this is good news because this is God's son who is, according to the gospels, accomplishing the redemption of the world, right? Reconciling us to the father, according to Paul, all done for you. And when we talk about being saved, that's kind of a Baptist way to say it sometimes. <laughs> Lutherans like to say justification, right? We like yes, fancier words. That's our big word. But but when we talk about being saved or justified or whatever, it's it's not just not going to hell, right? Right. It's actually the whole idea of being reconciled to God, of our debt being paid. These are all different metaphors, different ways the New Testament talks about mm-hmm. what Christ has done to restore us with our Creator with yeah. God the Father, with the Trinity, you know, and part of that is going to heaven someday. Part of that is living forever. And these are, again, these are all ways to talk about what happens when my sin is no longer between me and God, mm-hmm. right? And and the way that happens is not something I do. It's not something you do. It's something Jesus does. Jesus is the one, as it says in First Timothy, right? We, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who, who, right? And then he's the one who accomplished this relationship between me and God. And relationship is a weird word too, but that's another <laughs> metaphor, right? Yep, another one. And so we continue to get back to this, you know, Romans 3, the great Romans 3, but, right? So, so we're all condemned by the law, but mm-hmm. God did something. Yep. And that's salvation. You are all terrible, horrible, no good people. Every single right. one of you. There's none that's good. Not even no, one. No, not one. But. But. <laughs> but God, right? Not yep. not but you fixed it or but you changed but your mind. But if you do this. Right, or but if you do this. Yeah. See, the gospel is but God. And so the gospel is always moving the conversation to what God has done on behalf of sinners. Mm-hmm. That's the gospel. So when it talks about are, are you certain you're saved? Right? So that's the big question. Yeah. Do, do you know if, How if do I know God were sure? to come tonight, you know, or yeah. if you were to die tonight and you stand before God, what would you say? You know, this is the, kind of the old evangelism question, right? Yeah. And and most people fumble around like, well, I went to church a lot. Uh, I didn't kill anyone. Or, or the standard Lutheran answer, I'm baptized. I'm baptized. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, mm, no. <laughs> the, the only reason you stand before a holy God and say a word, 
let alone about why, just any word would be Jesus. Yeah. Because Jesus stands between you and the Holy God. Mm-hmm. And I'm with Jesus. I'm here with him. I'm with him. Yeah. He, his robe of righteousness covers me. Yeah. That's my only hope. I do not stand here clothed with myself. I stand here with a robe of righteousness, right? We are Peter in the boat in John 21, naked. Hmm. It's it's a great passage, right? Jesus appears on the shore, and they're out there. Peter's like, I'm going to go fishing. And the guy's <laughs> like, I'm going to go with you, right? Like, so they're out fishing in the boat. Gonna do. They, Let's can't go fish. Ca- they can't catch anything. Why? Because Peter has denied knowing Jesus, so he's not catching anything, right? Hmm. And he's naked, and as soon as Jesus shows up, he throws his robe on, jumps in the water. Weird, isn't it? That it I've never noticed that. He puts his clothes on to jump in the water. Jumps in the water. Yeah, which is totally backwards. <laughs> yeah. But as one of my, my uh, professors said, um, are you sure you want to fish naked? So um, <laughs> that's a whole nother question. But but here we are naked, right? We are naked and exposed, and all of our sin is known to a holy God. Yeah. We can't stand that way. We need to be clothed. Right? Paul uses the same metaphor. We long to be clothed. Mm-hmm. Well, with what? With the robe of righteousness. Yeah. Who does that belong to? Jesus, right? Who who are these that are standing before the throne of God? <laughs> these are they who have washed their robes in the blood yep. of the Lamb. Yep. Right? See, that's that's the point. That's salvation. So the question is, Peter, are you sure you are saved? Yeah. How can you say that? Because I'm with Christ. Because of what Christ has done, right? And see, that can't be undone. (laughs) Jesus can never undie or unrise, right? Right, right. He can never unlove you. That can't be undone. So you are saved because of the reality of the doneness of God's work. It is finished. Mm -hmm. John 19, right? Jesus says on the cross to tell us thy. It is finished. Yeah. Okay. And what that means is whenever you question whether or not you are saved, and if you can be sure of that, you get your eyes right on Jesus. Yeah. And you say, Did God do that for me? Yes. Therefore, you are saved. And here's the thing if you are doubting that, if you look at the cross and you go, I don't know if that's for me. Go find yourself a Christian and ask them, hmm. was that for me? So this, this is where Joshua's question, I think, kind of comes into play. Because in, in the context, he's having a conversation with his, with his Reformed friend or, or Calvinist or maybe Baptist, you know, that different than, than Lutheran. And I think up until this point... They, they could agree with us. Oh, yeah. You've, you have said nothing about what we confess, what we believe about Jesus, that a Reformed person could not agree with. Mostly. Or, or a Christian person. Yeah, yeah for mostly. the most part. For the most I, part. I, I think you, uh, towards the end, you started getting there, it's like, well, maybe yeah. not that. There'd but be I shades. Think, yeah, there, it starts shading it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, everything you've said, they can generally agree with. Right. But it's where that shading begins, where it's like, Okay, so the point at which you said, where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. I think that's possibly where this question diverges and where we get this these two sides of this. The, okay, am, am I once saved, always saved? Or can I lose my salvation? 
wh- how does can I have assurance that I am saved? At what point do I okay. know that I'm not? I think so, that's where we start. So let's be clear about this. this. Let's be clear about this. No one, no one actually believes in once saved, always saved. That doctrine is actually the opposite of what it sounds like. What it really means is, if you don't believe, you never did. Yeah. It doesn't actually talk about the assurance of salvation. It actually talks about the opposite. And this is something that's, that's kind of important to understand how, as we approach this, is because what happens is if, if I find myself no longer believing in Jesus, no longer going to church, no longer reading the scriptures, no longer living a holy and decent life, mm-hmm. someone will say to me, well, you were never saved in the first yeah, place. Yeah, if, if you come from the once saved, always saved perspective, that would be the conclusion. Well, right. You weren't ever a true Christian. So, so Judas was never actually... A disciple. See, see, because yeah, see, the <laughs> fact that he didn't believe at the end means the whole thing was a facade before. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how the teaching goes. Right. So, so what they do is is they'll they'll take the entire reality of Jesus' death and resurrection, and they'll say, when it says that this is for the whole world, what that means is for those that God had predestined to be saved. So you, this you is have the to view begin of adding or taking away. Or re-explaining texts, or or reading into the text, yeah, a way to reconcile your doctrine. Which, which I think, which, to be fair, they would say we're doing the same thing. So ahead, we're going to get to that. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> right. You are exactly right in that. They would look at us and say, "Well, you have your text, we have ours." Yeah. So, like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Okay, right. It's just a different perspective on the same thing. Right. And and okay, fair enough. This is this is the reality of discussing theology, and and this is something we've talked about before. Is it's not as though Lutherans have different Bible verses than anybody else. Right. That we can just say, oh, but have you read First Peter 3.21? Or that we've been given a special revelation that nobody right. else has, that nobody else can comprehend. Yeah, that's, yeah, not, this is, <laughs> that's not it either. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're studying theology professionally, I think this is one of the more humbling things to realize, is that there are people who are reading biblical texts with all integrity, Seeking Christ with their whole heart, just like Lutherans are. Mm-hmm. Seeking to teach the truth of the Gospels, the truth of Paul. And they're honestly getting different readings. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're stupid. It's not because they don't know the Greek. It's not because they're not reading the same New Testament as you are. You know, they, they really, they're just as smart as we are, or smarter sometimes, right? <laughs> yep. And and you can listen to a scholar. I have, I have one of my favorite scholars. I do this all the time. I will listen to him just go on on John and I'm just saying amen to everything he says right mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it takes a left turn and I'm like whoa why <laughs> did you just flat out deny what Jesus just said there mm-hmm. right and it his is baptism his is always baptism yeah. it's like well do 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 and he's like well but it can't mean this because that means baptismal regeneration which can't be true therefore and you're going why what are you doing you're like <laughs> why not just let Jesus say what he says so this actually happens in John yeah. 3 a lot yeah but but he actually explains why later which is which is fantastic that's why I like him because he's very yeah. honest about his approach but but the point that I'm making is the goal is not to find a biblical text and say see you didn't read this one yet right the goal is to actually Here's understand gotcha. right yeah it's actually to understand how we get to these positions so which this is w- why we actually start off with you saying what you said at the beginning going through the right. whole thing and say okay Here's how we're getting here. Here's how you start this conversation. Here's where we're at. That actually is us modeling what we're talking about. <laughs> and allows us to answer the question. Yeah. Okay. Now that we're at the cross of Jesus Christ for salvation, 
now we can ask the question. Mm-hmm. See, can I fall away from that? Well, now that's hard for me to answer because before I would have said yes. But, can I fall away from that? But because you've put me to pointed me to Christ, I'm looking at that and saying, no. Can I <laughs> listen to the question? Oh, I can I fall away from that? Sure, I'm a yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a very good I, chance. I tend to run away, actually. I will. <laughs> See, and that's the point is you you just did it, right? You're assuming something. Yeah. And the question is actually a different question. Mm-hmm. So you're assuming that I'm still going down the let's focus on Jesus for salvation road. <laughs> but I changed it up and I said, now can I? Yeah. And whenever I am involved, <laughs> which direction is the conversation going to go? Oh, towards me and sin. Yeah. See, now we're in concupiscence. Now we're in the reality of... You got it in first. I did. It, it, you know, that's the good news of being off for a while is you were off your game for a bit. <laughs> but but the reality of it is when it comes to the assurative salvation, the assurance of salvation, security of salvation, however you want to say it, um, when, the, when the arrow gets pointing to me, the answer is always going to be, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scriptures plainly teach... That when Christ returns, we will stand before the judge and give an account of our deeds. Yeah, our actual works. Whatever's done in the body, whether yeah. good or bad, yeah. you are going to stand before the judge and give an account. Yep. Now, if you're reading that and looking at yourself, Uh-oh. answer is... Not good. Not good. <laughs> this is not a good day, right? We're reading the Minor Prophets, right? That's mm-hmm. what we're reading for our reading plan. Yep, we got our Lenten reading plan. Started Zechariah yesterday. The day of the Lord is a day of darkness and gloom. No one would look forward to this, right? We just read that in the Minor Prophets. Mm. Why are you Why are you looking for the day of the Lord? This is a day of darkness and gloom and destruction and dark clouds. And judgment. And judgment, right? Yeah. Because, because in the Minor Prophets, Israel and Judah are guilty. Yeah. They are guilty. And, and the whole point of the Minor Prophets is, look at you. Just look at you. Yeah. And it's not good. It's not pretty, right? Yep. As a matter of fact, we got God just just beating up other nations because they have led Israel and Judah into sin, right? And God is yeah. like, you guys are so bad that your sin is now affecting foreign nations. You're supposed <laughs> to be witnessing to them about my righteousness, but instead you are showing them how to sin. Well, last week, I think it was last week, we were in Red Habakkuk and we're doing the Bible in five yeah. on that one. And it's, it's so bad that the evil nations who are... Yeah. The bad ones yeah. are actually going to come and punish Israel right. on behalf of God. And you're like, like <laughs> this is totally backwards. But see, this is the point. Is is same thing with the church, right? So we say, oh, the church is so corrupt. The church is full of sinners. And and we get started by the like, wait a minute, how are we talking about church? See, and so here's the question. Can I fall away? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I probably will. Yeah. If I stand before God on that last day and say, here's what I did to be saved. Here's who I am. Here's how I stayed faithful. Mm -hmm. Answer is uh, no. Not not, good enough. Right. Not living up, not holy, not perfect. Sinful, 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 sinful. So, so even your best deeds are still filthy rags. Filthy rags. So, so this is why we were we we're tying this into our previous episode on law and gospel is because the answer to this question is really how do we apply the distinction between law and gospel? Yeah. So if the question is, um, see, now that I'm baptized, I can do whatever I want. There's no danger of losing my salvation, right? Well, see, and that's and that's the fear. 
because you especially see that. And I was going to bring this up in our baptism episode, the last one we did, but we didn't get to it. But I'm glad we're bringing it up now because that's always the fear with, well, if baptism saves you and you have this once saved, always saved perspective that gets tacked onto it. So now we're, we're mixing our theologies into each other. So if you're speaking to somebody who comes from a once saved, always saved perspective who does not hold to baptismal regeneration, and you say baptism saves, mm-hmm. well, this is where it comes up at that funeral where the pastor gets up and preaches and says, this person was baptized when they were an infant, therefore they're saved and they're in heaven now. And you're sitting there like, the guy was a drug dealer. He was a murderer. He was doing all these things. So you're saying that basically I can get baptized and it doesn't matter what I do. I'm saved and that's my free ticket into heaven. Right. We've just like merged our two topics. Here. Yeah. That's, that's how it happens in real life. And and everybody, every Christian will sit there and say, well, that's not right. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> that. The idea that I can... Every Christian except the family of the person who died. Yeah. Who is hoping beyond hope. Yeah. That what that pastor said is true. Yeah. Because they know there's nothing in that person. That, See, that they are family putting, or the people who love that right, person. Right. The, 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 the ones who the loved, loved ones, that person right. are hoping that... And, and, and let's just think about that for a second. What's actually happening in that moment? Everyone in that room who knows that person well is going, boy, if it's up to their deeds, they are out. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I am just hoping that God can do something to save this person. See, all of a sudden we all become grace theologians. When your loved one dies, yeah, who wasn't that great of a person, let's be honest, we all become grace theologians. I hope God can save them in spite yeah. of their rottenness. Or what's... What I see more often is even scarier is is the tendency to say, well, that's just bad theology. They they have to have done better in their life, which then, yeah, okay, the person saying that, have you looked at your life? Right. I mean, there, there's there's nothing in your life, my life, if I'm the one saying that, because I have been the one saying that before. It's like I look in my life and say, uh-oh. And so there, when, when you go down that road, you either become a grace theologian, mm-hmm. like you just said, or you're actually denying God's grace in its entirety and saying, "Nope, got to be a better person if you really right. want to get in." Oh, there's there's got to be yeah. So we and there's yeah. a whole other issue. We got we can't go to that road. We don't have that much time. <laughs> oh yeah, too many but, rabbit trails here. But uh, so getting back to the question is, can I fall away? The answer is absolutely yes, you can. There's no doubt about it. We have examples in Scripture. We have King Saul who was filled by the Spirit and actually prophesied for God. He was a follower of Yahweh, as confirmed by the Holy Scriptures and the prophet Samuel, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, he fell away from the faith. You have David. Mm -hmm. According to the Small (laughs) Car articles, even David fell away when he was sinning, Yeah, right? But but he did return to grace, and so that kind of gets a little fuzzy. Well, I think that's why it ends up being helpful, is the the falling away and... Yeah, but David said he was not really falling away. Okay. That's the president of saves. So, but we also have <laughs> Judas. You mumbled who, that. I don't know if anybody can understand okay. what you just said. When I mumble, that means just move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we also have Judas, who, according to even the book of Acts, was numbered among the apostles. Yeah. So he was a believer mm-hmm. and he fell away. 
Yeah. Jesus says he's, he it would be better if he wouldn't have been born, which is not something you say of someone going to heaven. <laughs> um, he's a son of perdition, right? So he is probably not saved according to those scriptures. So if if we look at Judas, we say here's somebody who actually was a disciple. Jesus didn't say he was faking it the whole time, guys. Yes. I'm he gonna say pick that. one faker. Right. We got eleven real converts. Doesn't and I'm say that. Pick one who's not a real convert. Right. And Jesus even says he was a friend of mine. He he was one of us, and he he yeah. went out from us. Right. So, um, and that's important. This. He went out. He went from out us. from us. Yeah. The whole epistle of First John is about people who were once in the Christian faith who left, yeah. and they said, well. I mean, he says they were never part of us, but what he mean, what they what he actually means there is the teaching that they embraced was never part of us. But but the people themselves, mm-hmm. they have actually gone out from the Christian congregation. They were Christians and they have departed after a false teaching. Yeah, they follow so, the teaching that's not of us. So the other thing to remember in all this is if if once saved, always saved is true, then why in the world did Paul write the epistles? Because yeah, the epistles why are... Do you, why do you need Christian life? Why do you need stuff? warnings about yeah. false teachings? Yeah. I mean, if if you're saved and, and there's nothing you can do about it, you're just going to be saved no matter what, then don't worry about false teachings so much. Why would you need a warning to right. not follow another gospel? What's Paul talking about? The, the whole book of Galatians is yeah. the, these other useless. gospels, which are no gospel at all. Why, why even be warned about it? And them? he's saying, don't do that because it can't... You know, if you follow that, you're going to fall away. Well... He says, yeah. didn't I teach you the truth? Why are you now going somewhere else? Well, if if they're saved, no matter what they do, who cares if I go somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, the whole logic of the New Testament is that Christ has done this. You can actually do something to walk away from it. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I mean, look at Paul's sanctification talk. This is what it looks like to not believe in Jesus. Sexual morality, malice, envy. Gossip, strife, slander, gossip, slander, all those yeah, terrible things. Murder. That's not for you. Don't live that way because if you do, you don't have any share in the kingdom of God. He's writing this to the church. Mm. He's not writing this to unbelievers. These are believers and he's warning them, don't do these things. Yeah. Okay. That and, and he even says, or you too will fall, lest you fall, right? Yeah. As you're as you're teaching another brother, be careful, lest you fall. So the, the New Testament is quite clear on this. Um, and then we get Hebrews, which has even scarier passages. <laughs> yeah, but, it does. But we also want to make sure we affirm the other side of the coin, which is, in Ephesians 1 is really the passage to go for this. I mean, in Romans 8, people nod their head as well. Um, but the predestination language. See, when, we, when I say, Peter, I'm scared that God can't love a sinner like me. What I have done... It's I have done awful. something that, that excludes me from God's yeah. love. And you look at me and you say, Christ died for you. Your salvation is certain. Mm-hmm. Not because of your sin, not because of your ability to fix anything, but because of what God has done for Nothing you in Christ. you do can undo what he has done for you. That's right. Yeah. And that's biblical predestination. Before the creation of the world... God chose to take action to save you. And that is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in terms of, of law and gospel, this this is where that comes in, where we speak of predestination is gospel language for the sinner who is tormented by his sin, who is repentant, who said, I this was bad. What I did was wrong. This is bad. 
I don't know if God well, can forgive I'm gonna me. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you because okay. this is this is actually something I think is important to talk about, and I, <laughs> we could get filleted for this. But repentance is not the contingency for my forgiveness. Uh, yes. Right. Okay. I might not be fully repentant yet. Yeah. But I am looking for help. I am. I am. I am. I know that my sin excludes me from holiness. Yeah. The gospel is not if you repent, God will love you. I should stick with the. I it's, agree with God that what I've done is a sin. Yes, and That's, we'll start and, there. <laughs> and the Spirit, you know, we're about what I what overstated when. my case. Yeah, but but see, the, the point is, I don't want to make steps to where we say this promise is for you. If yeah, now that you've gotten to your lowest of the low, and you know you're at your lowest of the low. Now, yeah, now, we, yeah, that's see, not what we're talking. About. See, yeah. the point is, is that salvation is trusting that God has done what's needed for you to be saved, mm-hmm. right? In Christ Jesus, that's salvation. To to question whether He has done it enough to look at me and say, "I'm the measure of salvation," that's where you start getting in the shoe of falling away. Yeah. Is is either you say to God, you have to deal with my sin and be okay with it, so I'm not going to repent anymore. Mm-hmm. That's falling away. Right? If I look yeah. at God and I say, here's the thing. I love you. I think you're awesome. I'm so thankful you did what you wanted, you, what you did for me. But I'm a kleptomaniac, and you just got to deal with that. <laughs> that's just, that's just the way it is. Nothing you can do can change right. that. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be sorry for it. I'm not gonna seek to to repent. I'm not gonna seek to change. In I'm just, fact, I'd like the church to be tolerant of right. my kleptomania, and I want the church to tell me I'm okay. Yeah, that's falling away. Yeah. Or, or when you literally say, I don't care, God. I don't want your word. I don't want your sacraments. I'm good. I'm going to do this either way. And that's that's falling away in a way that that person doesn't even want God's help. See, and I think this is kind of what I'm getting at, is, is there are people who lose their faith and simply walk away from the church. Okay? Mm-hmm. They are not receiving word and sacrament. As long as that condition remains, we have to say that they are not, from our perspective, saved. Right? Right. As yes. far as we know. As far as we know. Because they are they are purposefully and willfully unrepentant of their sin and not receiving the gifts of God. Yeah. They are willfully removing themselves from gifts of word and sacrament. And and by willfully, we're we're talking about their own confession. Right. The words from their mouth are nope, that's not for me. And their actions. I, and their act- I yeah. don't want what God is giving me on Sunday yeah. morning. I don't want it. I, I would rather do anything but that. Yeah. Well, that's called. Uh, that's not a, an act of belief, right? right that's so unbelief. we would say that's unbelief. That's yep. that's a manifestation of unbelief. Now, the difficulty is that person dies, and their parents say, "Well, they were baptized." And we say, "Okay, we can talk about the gifts given in baptism, but we can't at this point say this person is necessarily saved because yeah. their actions and their confession are contrary to their baptism." One of one of the reasons we're bringing this into the realm of applying law and gospel is because we're talking about people. People. That this is not a theoretical well, I would contend that unless you're reading an academic textbook on this, right. when this question comes up between friends, between individuals, it's not academic. No. They're they're either thinking of themselves or a loved one or a friend and wondering, what about that person? What right. about me? And so, so the reason this is this is about the application of law and gospel is because that's how you answer that question when it's about a person. A person. You you care for them. That's part of caring. <laughs> like caring for your Christian brother and sister or those who aren't 
and treating them as people and working through this in, in this way rather than, well, here's the straight answer and it's this or it's this and there's no in between. And the other thing this is doing is taking very seriously the reality of eternity with God yeah, or not with God. We, we are not pretending universalism or annihilationism. This is actually taking seriously that every single person will die and will face judgment mm-hmm. and will live out eternity either with God or apart from him. With God is bliss and heaven and paradise and apart from him is hell. And we are not given the freedom or the choice to pretend that isn't true. Mm-hmm. That is the biblical teaching of our existence. So we have no choice but to take it very seriously and to then take seriously also what God says about these things. Yeah. So, so, the, so there's one way to look at it and say this person has actually walked away from their faith and they're actively not repenting of their sins. They're actively refusing the gifts of God given a word and sacrament. They're, they're removing themselves from Christian fellowship, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's a person we would say has fallen away. There's another instance in which someone is coming to church, is receiving the word of God, is seeking Christian fellowship, but, but can't get over an issue in their life. They've got a sin that's mm-hmm. hanging on, right? And I they mean, recognize that it's a sin. Well, or, or they just recognize there's a struggle. They don't know what there's there's that, something. There's something Ugh. going on. And they're, yeah. and they're doubting God's goodness. They're doubting whether or not they can be saved because of this. They're doubting whether God could love a sinner like them. Mm-hmm. And this is when I really encourage you to point them to the cross. Yeah. This is when we say, I know you're struggling. I get it. Okay. And, and we're not going to minimize sin or minimize evil. Yes. Yes. What you're doing yeah. is wrong and it's terrible and you need to stop. Yeah. Let's look at what God has done about sin. Let's look at what Jesus has done about sin. He killed it. He defeated it, right? Mm-hmm. He came to forgive it, and that was done for you. Yeah. Right? And we and the point that we're making is when you talk about the assurance of salvation, if the focus is on what God has done in Christ, the answer is yes. You are saved because of what Jesus has done. Yep. If they if the focus is on me, then the answer is look out. Yeah. You could lose your faith. Gospel in the first instance, law mm-hmm. in the second. Right. And the full gospel is the death and resurrection for you. Mm-hmm. Now if someone says, I don't want it, now we're back to focusing on them and the and law. we say, Look out. Yep. Right? You are now rejecting what God has done that has not put you in a good position with yeah. God. If they say to you, that's that's such good news, I'm having trouble believing it. Well, guess what? We all know Luther's explanation for the third article of the creed, right? I cannot, of my own reason right. or strength, believe it. But At the Holy all. Spirit will. The Holy so, Spirit. So you put yes. your arm around and you say, dude. I'm in the same boat. Yep. You're just this like, is too good of news for a sinner like you're me. You're like me. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's rejoice together in what God has done. Let's let's confess our sins together. Let's receive. Let's go to church together and sit next to each other and receive yeah. the word of God. Right. Let's let's point each other to Christ. To Christ. Let's get to a pastor. You got a sin that you can't get over. Let's get you to an ordained clergyman who can who can look you in the eye and say, "You can freely confess anything here. Mm-hmm. I won't share it with anybody." Is between yep. you and God, and I'm just here to listen to your confession and to tell you what God has done about your sin. Yeah. 
it's it's where we go with sin. We go to the cross of Christ. Yep. So that's also where we go with this discussion. So question, can you lose your salvation? If the focus is on you, the answer is... Yes. If the focus is on Jesus, the answer is... No. Right. So let's get them to Jesus. This is exactly what the New Testament does. Yep. You are predestined. Why? Because of what God has done in Christ. Yeah. But if you think you're all that, look out, <laughs> lest you fall. And that is the crucial conversation. Thanks. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.